foul-mouthed preacher here. This is a disclaimer for the upcoming episode. Unfortunately, I had some iffy sound quality at the beginning with extra reverb, but it does get better later on in the recording. That's not the main reason for this disclaimer. The main reason, I actually misspoke. I continuously in this episode talked about the greatnesses of Delilah when I was trying to compare the Judge Samson to the Judge Deborah from Judges 4. So, when you hear me say Delilah was a good judge or that Delilah put others before herself, realize I really meant Deborah. I do understand, whereas Samson is in fact a weak little b- Delilah was a manipulative little b- They're both b- and Deborah is actually the good judge. Sorry for those mishaps, but I hope you will enjoy this episode anyway. Today we will discuss biblical manhood and womanhood. We all know that the Bible says women should work hard to understand the greatness of men. So today, we're going to focus on the men and the clear workout plan that's in the appendix of every Bible here. So get your treadmill and your Bibles out. This is The Bible After Hours. Can you hear me? Is this thing on? Okay, cool. I am the Foulmouth Preacher, and this is the Underground Church. The word vulgar originally just meant to speak the language of the people. That's what Jesus did, it's what the apostles did, it's what Paul did, and that's what we're going to do here today. So, if children are listening, maybe skip this, listen another time. This is the Underground Church. What that means is, unlike the church above, who's going to paint specific messages out there, you know, the evangelical mainstream church that wants you to believe everything's run rainbows and sunshine. I'm going to get real with you. I'm going to tell you what the Bible really says. We're going to examine some of the lies told from those above. And that's not every church, but some churches say things that just aren't true. The church above wants people to believe that manhood is about mental and emotional strength. They want you to believe that only men can be leaders and that God wants us all to be real manly superheroes for Christ. Yet the only example the Bible really gives us of superpowers is of an extraordinary, weak individual named Samson. That's what we're talk about today. Today I want to explore why this man with great physical strength is really an example of the great weakness of men and toxic masculinity that many evangelical ch- churches above push on other people. Um, you know, we've been going through the book of Judges, going through a all of the the main stories, and I've been kind of discussing them and looking at what is this story actually telling us? Usually it's telling us something about polity, and we're going to see that again. It's going to come back to kinghood. Does Israel need a king? A lot of the story really can be encapsulated just in the story of Samson. Samson can represent Israel going through the book of Judges, thinking that, that he's the shit, he's the guy, he's the man. But really what we see is he's just a piece of shit. He's useless. That, he, that he's fucking weak. That's what happens all the time. Usually those who are portrayed as the strongest, the most masculine, tend to be the weakest. We're gonna deal with this shit. It's gonna get deep, it's gonna get real. I was always taught that the Bible shows real manhood, what it means to be a man. I was taught that manhood wasn't about physical attributes, but rather about being a leader. Probably a good thing, right? Yeah, it's not about just being strong, it's about being the leader. It's just a different form of toxic masculinity. It's just hidden there. So 
just be careful. There, there, there's a lot of disguises of, oh no, we, we're showing them that men, it's not about this, it's not about that. There, it's about um, mental strength, leadership. It's about, if you really read into it, it's about subjecting others. It's about putting yourself over other people, stepping on people. You know, they don't put it that way. They, they word it better. They word it nicer in the church above. But usually, when they talk about man being the leader of the house, they're really teaching how to make other people subject to you instead of, as the Bible says in Ephesians, all the church being subject one to another. You know, I was taught against a lot of the common toxic traits of manhood, though, right? Like, I was taught against, like, what's usually put out there is this is what's toxic. You know, that men shouldn't just be all about strength, that men don't need to have certain jobs, that women can be doctors too. But all of that is just kind of there as like a mask to hide some other toxic traits that they do teach and push on people like me in the church. Um, but it's harder to see because they put on this facade of women can do everything a man can do, but they can't preach. I was taught that, right? I was taught that women are equal, but they're not allowed to preach. Women are equal, but men should be the leader of the household. Women are equal, but they have to obey their husbands. Every order. That's not equal. It's bullshit. I was taught men are emotionally stronger, that they're, all men are meant to be leaders. Bullshit. <sighs> many people have experienced similar teachings, and it's been a lot worse for many others. Many other men who've been filmed made less than because they're not a natural leader, that they're not particularly strong or emotionally stable as they were taught that that's what it means to be a man, not about strength, it's about these other things that you also aren't. And it causes a lot of people to even question their own gender, their own identity. Um, and of course, that's different than gender dysphoria, that's different than transsexual, transgender stuff. It's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about people who are made to feel less of a man for these other toxic teachings about being a leader and stuff that not all men are meant to do. Manhood has been defined poorly by people who, who misinterpret the Bible, take things out of context, push their own agenda through certain scriptures, and just squeeze through bullshit on people. That's why so many pastors have been outed as sexual predators. They've been taught what it means to be a man, only men can be pastors, and what it means is to be a leader, and what it means to be a leader is to make other people subject to you under the umbrella of your authority. Bullshit. Sexual predators. Child abusers. Spiritual abusers. Not most pastors, but many have been outed as this, for this exact toxic bullshit that gets pushed on of what it means that all men should be leaders, that all men should make other people subject to them, that all men are supposed to be smart, emotionally stable, should lead everyone through this shit. Um, even the bullshit that's that's not taught through words by actions, you know, the bullshit of you got to hold your emotions, you got to act strong, you have to act like you're in charge, act like you know what's going on, always have a plan. Some people can do that, both men and women. But to put that on every man, it's bullshit. Puts unreal expectations where a lot of men are unable to get in touch with who they really are because they're expected to be someone else. Keeps a lot of women from positions of leadership. Keeps a lot of women from being able to lead their house well. Because with a man who doesn't have those attributes, while they do have those attributes, and they're trying to force something that doesn't work because they were taught some bullshit that that's how it's supposed to be. A lot of this teachings they extend from a strong convention that men are truly more entitled as leaders and spiritual guides. They take some verses about how women shouldn't teach men, different things like that. These people who believe in biblical inerrancy, who don't want to look at the context of the Bible, don't want to look at, okay, what does it mean for women to be active as religious leaders in a world where most women in religion are prostitutes, and that's why they're religious leaders, but they don't want to, they don't want to acknowledge any of the context. They don't want to think deeper. Because if they do, they won't be able to push the bullshit they've been pushing. 
The early church had women as deacons, had women as leaders. Many Baptists actually had pastors not even that long ago. Uh, Catholics don't even like to let on that there were women in leadership when they even have a holiday celebrating Margaret the Virgin. Uh, if you don't know, 304 CE, slay the dragon. Whole cool story. She was the absolute shit. She kicked ass. But we act like those kind of leaders didn't exist. But in the early church, they were there. But as men started teaching these toxic beliefs about what a biblical manhood is, they started letting the shit fall apart. They started hiding these women leaders. They started, even in the New Testament, a lot of Bibles will interpret the same word as deacon in one place, but when it talks about a woman, say servant instead. They do pull a bunch of bullshit in the language and interpretations and in teachings to keep women from leadership and to push this toxic masculine leadership bullshit story they want to push. How does Samson fit into all of this? Let's talk about the story of Samson, this motherfucker. He, <sighs> God, we, we talked before, all of the judges weren't like the leaders of all Israel or anything, but Sam, Samson was anointed a judge. And he was uh, put through like the special Nazarene, whatever bullshit anointment. He's not supposed to cut his hair. He's not supposed to eat certain things, yada, yada, yada. For some reason, the story keeps getting told as, there is a superhero in the Bible. He was super strong, and he messed up and got sad, and then he repented, and he was a good guy. The story isn't just like a simple redemption story. The story is, hey, here's where Israel fucked up, and where they're going to keep fucking up. Even the ending was still fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah, God used him to save the Israelites momentarily, but he didn't suddenly become a good person at the end. He just wanted to kill some fuckers at the end. So same thing, this guy, he made his uh, mom made this vow. He's not allowed to cut his hair. He's not allowed to eat certain shit, whatever. He keeps getting betrothed to women from other religions. Big no-no, according to the Bible. And at one point, these men make a bet with him. Whatever, some other bullshit happens. He, he's, there's these weird stories of him like taking foxes' tails, tying them together, and lighting the foxes in fire so they'll run through and burn down the field. And he's supposed to be not just betrayed as this muscle man, but... He was smart. He, you know, he, clever. He did this cool prank. Oh, toxic stupidity. City gates again. His stuff's coming back to haunt him where he, where he messed up. He fucked up. People are looking for him. And there's a story of him taking the city gates, putting on the shoulders, and literally walking however far away. You know, throughout the story, you keep seeing him getting in relationship with people he's not supposed to, eating honey from the dead corpus of a lion, which is, you know, non-kosher, goes against his vow, and he keeps breaking his vow, he keeps breaking his vow, keeps doing this shit. Girl Delilah shows up. She's trying to find the secret to his strength, and I guess he broke every other vow possible, the only one he could remember left that he hasn't fucked up was his hair, so he tells her eventually, gets his hair cut, and they pluck his eyeball out, he gets super torn up, he's like, gory story, super fucked up, lots of shit going down, and he's tied up, his hair's growing back out, and he's tied up amongst the pillars, and praise God, give me strength one more time to punish these Philistines. That's revenge, that's not redemption, it's still bullshit. His story is the opposite of Delilah, that woman of strength we talked about earlier in Judges. What you see with, with Samson is a fuck-up who keeps fucking up, and in the end, his fuck-up happens to cause damage to the bad guys not even an anti-hero it's just a fuck up it's just showing and, uh, and i love that the author does this it shows him with this superhuman strength so you can see how weak he is he falls to woman after woman he falls to temptation after temptation he falls and breaks his vow over and over and over the story was showing us you could be physically strong 
and still be the weakest fucker around. And of course it's in the same group of stories as Delilah, to show you a woman of strength, a woman who did what's right, regardless of what was taught of it. A woman who didn't have supernatural strength or any of this other bullshit doesn't show her being clever and tearing up the Philistines. Shows her doing what was required of her. Shows her being a true leader. Samson was the opposite of that, right? He was funny, he was smart, he could get people behind him, he could make people subject to him because everybody wanted to obey him, be like Samson. He was super muscular. All of that stuff that we see, that's what men should be. Toxic masculinity. And yet, what was he in the end? He was a fuck-up. Because that's not what it's fucking about. And God loves the fuck-ups. God loves Samson. God loves Israel. What does Samson do? Exactly what Israel's been doing in the story, right? He turns to God for a moment, to his vows, to his strength. He shows off to the other nations. Then he immediately falls for the next thing that comes around. Whether it be another country, whether it be another god, breaking their vow in some way or another. Samson and Israel are the same. They keep fucking up. And what you see at the end of Samson is he gets punished. And in the last moment, he's allowed to have revenge, but he never gets redeemed. He's a fuck-up. This was a warning story to Israel. They think they're strong. They think they're the shit. But really, they're weak. Really, they're fuck-ups. God loves the fuck-ups. And he's giving them the story as a warning. Do not be Samson. Don't think you're strong when you're really just a weak little bitch. Where we see that God does care about our politics. God cares about humility. He cares about the state of our hearts. He cares if there is someone standing up making the right decisions. He cares if you're acting strong, but going to turn to every temptation that comes around. God cares. Judges contains one of the first passages of the Bible ever written, and it was probably written by a woman. This book is a feminist book at heart. It's anti masculinity, toxic masculinity. It's anti, oh, show your strength and your your qualities of intellect and funniness. No, it's showing it doesn't matter, all that stuff. You could still be a fuck-up. It's showing that a woman can be the strongest of us all. It's showing that some of the judges who think they're the shit get killed by women, that women sometimes are better leaders. It's not the point of the book, but it's definitely a hard line. And Samson's definitely part of that. Being shown so directly in contrast to Delilah. He has superpowers, and he can't get the job done because he's too fucking full of himself. Delilah put others first every step of the way, asked others, like fell in line, did what she was supposed to do, obeyed God, saved the day. Samson, fucked up, fucked up, fucked up, killed some bad guys in the end, didn't really save everybody. He just killed some people, that's it. He's the loser. Judges, we see the world's strongest man being a weak little fucker. We see... A woman who no one expected to succeed, being the strongest of us all. We see Israel fucking up over and over because they don't have any true leadership. We start to see here, there's four instances in the book of Judges. I'm going to talk about this next, more next time. It says there was no king at the time, so everybody did whatever the fuck they wanted. I don't think the Bible says fuck. It says something like that. Later on, we're going to see there's this question asked in, in Samuel, like, why do you want a king? Why isn't God good enough to rule you? But here in Judges, it's very heavily implying they need a king because they keep fucking up and doing whatever they want, and it's not working right. It's just not working the way it should. You have to stop acting like Ash Ketchum. You don't need to be the very best. You don't need to be the strongest, the funniest, the smartest, the best leader. You need to figure out who you are and be true to that. You need to figure out what God wants you to play your role. we got to figure out how to work together with each other in holy polity. God cares about our politics. He doesn't want this bullshit happening. 
What he wants is is a, a people who are structured, who are finding out how to work together best for his good, for the good of others, for what God has deemed righteous. God wants the fuck-ups, but he wants the fuck-ups who are willing to be humble and to figure this shit out. If you can lift people, lift others up over yourself and engage politics well, we'll see things begin to change. What's that mean? It means you can't be Samson and show off and say, I'm going to take the jaw of an ass and slay all these people. You can't be Samson and just show off how much smarter you are. Come up with, he did some kind of like riddle for some fuckers. Like, oh, you guys can't figure this out. Like, you can't be talking about your own intellect, your own humor, your own whatever. Because in, in the end, when you're all full of yourself, that's when you're at your weakest. You're going to fall for whatever shit comes along. You have to be strong. What does it mean to be strong? It doesn't mean being the smartest, the funniest doesn't mean being the physically most adept. Really, I think strength comes when you're like Delilah. You put others above yourself. When you lift others up. Find a time this week to brag on someone else over yourself. Tell someone what they do that you could never do. Tell others what they're better at than you. And then go ahead and engage in your local politics. Don't make it all about the president necessarily. Find out what's going on in the school board nearby. Find out what's going on in your neighborhood. Be a part. Be a contributing member. You don't have to be the leader because you think you're the very best. It's bullshit. You just have to do your part. You have to lift others up and engage in your community. As we do this, you're going to see your communities are going to become less divided. People won't be at their throats as much. As long as you're putting others in front of yourself, why would you be divided? I'm not going to be divided with the guy over there when I think he's, he's the shit. He's great. When I'm lifting others up over myself, we'll see less division. Will progress as a nation. Women will be more prominent in leadership. More women pastors would be a great thing. There'll be less collateral damage to those around us. Think how many people were hurt because of Samson's fuck-ups. Think through the Book of Israel. How many people got hurt because one person fucked up or a group of people fucked up and wouldn't own up to it? It's bullshit. Collateral damage just because people are full of themselves. Remember, I said it before. I think this might become my catchphrase. What we fuck up gets fucked up. You're going to fuck up and make it all about yourself, then those around you are going to get hurt. You're going to fuck up your local politics because it's going to benefit you in some way. Then guess what? Your local politics are going to be fucked. What we fuck up gets fucked up. When we lift others up and allow them to shine, everyone benefits. Everyone. Yourself included. That's just kind of not the main... That's not the point. When you lift others up, yeah, you might end up benefiting. You're going to allow them to shine, so everyone's going to benefit. But you have to truly make it about them. If you make it about yourself, you're going to fuck up. Truly make it about others. Everyone will benefit. If everyone puts others above themselves, we'll live in a much, much happier place. Guys, I don't want you to necessarily share this on your public social media account. I'll let you know it's not going to offend anyone that you share it with. In which case, hey, sure, that's fine. Just, you know, make sure you don't share this where someone might be offended by the language used. Like, obviously, I use a lot of language, so let's be careful of that. We don't want to offend others. We want to lift them up. We don't want to be a stumbling block. Share this with one friend or family member who you think might benefit from hearing this instead. So just shoot a text to somebody that you think will engage in this kind of conversation, that you think this will be helpful to talk about how we do our local politics. Do so you think it'll be helpful them to think about what is real strength, how it's not about lifting yourself up, but it's about lifting others up, how Samson's a fuck up. If you just think that's interesting, share it with somebody, send a text. Guys, let's bring the church back to the common people. Thank you for listening.
This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, go to the website in the description below. If you'd like to check out other shows like this, be sure to subscribe to the network.